It sounded good on my end, at least. It sounded great. It's always good on yeah, my it's, end. I mean, again, it it might sound very good on your end, and it, I guess, is lining up properly, but it definitely does not sound good on our end. I fixed it in post. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything on episode 143 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. On the podcast today, we have a man made possible by donations from viewers like you, Ryan Holtz. For some reason, the number 43 has always stuck with me. It was my elementary school best friend's youth football number. For a long time. Wow. Like the worst, most random football number you can imagine. And he was like one of our best players. Mm-hmm. But he was number 43. Oh. <laughs> might have worked in his favor. That everyone was like, that's just number 43. Like, who knows? And then he would just take an end around to the house. And then it would get called back because I had a holding. And that wasn't a formative memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> Taking back my friend's awesome touchdown because I quote-unquote held even though i think it was a phantom call if i remember right yeah yeah good times man and then i think he had a moment of self-awareness and was like why am i number 43 (laughs) (laughs) changed it to 87 maybe i don't know how is that superior that's a skill position player yeah. number. I mean, like so. That, I mean, so is forty three, kind of, but oh, like, I mean, <laughs> not really. It's like a fullback number, but like, yeah. there's but, running backs that have been forty three, but it is a little weird. Yeah. Oh my god, are we are we about to bust out a tear maker for this? What are the best numbers in football? Oh yeah, I could do it easily. Okay. Like literally one hundred percent tier list. I I could absolutely do it. Give me the top five. Okay. Okay. I I want. I want this to be a tier list, but instead of it being like S, A, B, I want you to rank them by numbers. So I want like... Okay. What is the number like one number, number in football? Yeah, exactly. Right. I, want, I want like number five to be like number 80. And I want number like... Five's not 80. I'm, I'm just coming up with numbers. <laughs> right. but I mean, I'm, I'm not thinking about this I, super hard, but I want like number, you know, 38 to be number 31. Yeah. <laughs> Just no, I could absolutely. I could probably rank, yeah, all ninety nine numbers mm-hmm. in my head for number one through ninety nine. Like it's ninety nine. It is right. kind of an inherent thing for There's football. There's plenty players. more numbers than ninety nine. There's an infinite no. number of numbers. Not in football. <laughs> Not in football. <laughs> no, there was a there was a scene in Last Chance U, which is a football documentary about um, community college football players and how they're like, dude, why do I have such a trash number? Like, why does this number suck so bad? And then it is, yeah, like number thirty seven, and it is like. Uh, pretty bad number like oh. and, and the coaches are all like it's a number it doesn't matter and i'm sitting there like that's, that's a bad number this like, is a I, high I, I agree with the player number. here this is garbage <laughs> it is no and it, there there is absolutely a hierarchy and i don't know if all football players know it intrinsically but yeah yeah the problem with ranking number one through five is it is going to depend a little bit on the position and Honestly, I'm probably biased towards single-digit numbers. I think <laughs> single-digit numbers are everyone like what everyone's after. The mm-hmm. reason that this rule change came in, I think, is because there's a lot of people that want single-digit numbers. <laughs> like they're like, why should only quarterbacks, punters, and kickers get single-digit numbers? Like those are the cool ones. So, yeah, I think that's why. And we're gonna see a lot of 
wide receivers that are like number four or like D back who's number six or something. Okay. So, so. Uh, Amari Rogers, the Packers uh, wide receiver that they drafted, he chose number eight. Um, so I think that's the first one on our team. Eight might least. be the worst single digit number though. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Hmm. Thinking, thinking about single digit football numbers, eight might be the worst. I think, <laughs> I think two is the worst. No, two's a fucking solid. Two, I, two might be top five in mm, in normal. Two, two might be top five. It's just but, such a yeah. funny sentence, dude. You're just two's, yeah. You're coming. You're coming number. out of the tunnel, doing the double piece thing, and then you're also number two. That that's that's fucking Sports Illustrated cover right there, man. Yeah. Two's two's good shit. One one is good, but it is a little. There's always going to be that nagging. Ooh, mm-hmm. He's kind of conceited, isn't yep. he? And you choose number one. Two is number one for people that are a little bit more self-aware. That's yep. that's why I think two is actually up there. <laughs> so I know this might be a sensitive topic, but I do remember last season Aaron Rodgers was on the uh, Pat McAfee show. Yep. And uh, they, they, they asked him about numbers. They're like, is there any any truth to that? And he's like, yeah. It's like, you get into camp, and there are guys that you know are going to get cut because yeah. they get stuck with, like, fucking 47. Yeah. And, and and if they somehow manage to get out of training camp, they immediately switch to a real number. And then they're like, that was Robert Tunyon. Robert yep. Tunyon was number 47. <laughs> and everyone made fun of him. They're like, you're not going to make it out of camp. And then he did. And then he's like, immediately, I need to be a different number. Yeah, no, obviously you had to change. but And or like uh, practice squad people that get called up in the middle of the week. And so, yeah, they just get whatever numbers available. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers basically confirmed, oh, I'll target someone if they're, <laughs> if, if they're like number 39. I might, I might just make sure that they've, <laughs> they've got, they've got what it takes <laughs> when, when they're lining up, when they're lining up against me a little bit. Like, I mean, on. you know what? Yeah. You're in a safe position in a game. You want to, you want to give them a chance to shine, sink or swim. I dig it. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's, he's a nice guy. He's, he's not bullying the the people that make, what, one two hundredth of his salary. He just, he's just testing them out. He's seeing, making sure that they they got what it takes. Is this still the intro? It is. I uh, monopolize this. Also on the podcast today, we had the man who made the jump from SD to HD like a baller, Andrew Clark. I no longer am shown in 144p. I exist in high definition 480p. Yeah. Four. That was a thing. You guys remember that yeah. in our childhoods? Mm-hmm. When when 480 was like, uh-huh, that was actually HD. I had a 480 TV at one point. Like my I think that was my first TV. My parents got me like a like a 22 inch TV to put in my room, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like I can hook my fucking PlayStation up to this thing. Yeah, it's in 480p, and I thought I'm like, Damn. wow, I am I am living like a rich person. I am Jeff Bezos. I remember <laughs> I remember being pumped. Oh man, this YouTube video is uploaded at 480p. Oh shit, here we go. Wait, no, internet's not actually good enough to play this. Let's bump it down to to two four. Mm. Still not great. Let's go with auto. Oh, Let's go with yeah, auto and, and hope for the best. And then nothing's changed in the last 10 years. And it's <laughs> yeah. it's still, uh, I got to watch my YouTube videos at 144. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, my dad had one of the first ever flat screens like made. And it was 
flat. Like the thing was fucking, oh. I would say that thick. Like it was not joking. Probably yeah. like eight to ten inches thick. Like, <laughs> and it was it was yeah HD. I think it was seven twenty. It was like <laughs> holy shit. Like I hooked up my original Xbox. It's like to I'm it. there. Yeah, I hooked up my original Xbox to it. In hindsight, using the um. The yellow like the cable, yeah. cables, which only does SD, not component, no, no. not the not oh. the YPRPB, the like blue, green, and uh, whatever yellow or whatever, uh, just the yellow, which only yeah gives you 480. So I wasn't even using it <laughs> to its full extent, but I do remember being like, oh man, that's so much crisper, and maybe it was, maybe in my on the crappy CRT that I normally would play on, it would be significantly worse but yeah it was mm-hmm. it was it was interesting and we we had to like mount it i remember at one point and that oh. thing was just a ton yeah thing not even joking probably weighed 150 pounds like <laughs> for a 40 inch flat screen like nowadays you could get a giant 60 inch tv and it might be 20 pounds like it's insane how far we've come in 15 years um to bookend this a little bit, uh, for my job today, I realized that Nintendo is branding the Switch port of Skyward Sword as Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. And, like, we're too far in the future for HD to be a selling point anymore, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's kind of... It is expected, right? Yeah. Like, HD yeah. is the new standard. Well, it's one of the... So... Like HD is a, it's a it's a specific range of resolutions, but to me the word the words high definition should be a thing that can still be used no matter how high the definition is. Like to me, 8K is high definition because it's it's fucking high. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of definition. So ah. <laughs> I, I still want to refer to that as HD, but I know that HD means a specific range now. Yeah. It's like how modern doesn't just mean current. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like it's a specific era in culture. Right. A modernist painting yeah. is a very old yeah. painting. And, now. <laughs> contemporary is the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Postmodern is a is just it doesn't mean the future. <laughs> it, it, means, should, yeah. it means like the nineties. I mean, Call of Duty's been making modern warfare games for Jesus, a yeah, a decade now. <laughs> I, and some of them are set like the earliest modern warfare games were set in the like near future. Mm-hmm. So there, there's probably been a crossover where there was a modern warfare that was set after a later version of modern warfare. <laughs> Oh. Like the game was set in 2017, and then in 2016 they made a modern warfare game set in 2016. So there was like a weird crossover and like like a Fast and the Furious timeline where they had to retcon a bunch of stuff because they were like, "Ooh, that happened in like the future technically." <laughs> so interesting. I'm try. Uh, okay, Google not helping me out. Trying to figure out when the first modern warfare game in universe took place can't dig it up but i can say that hi it's me your boy coming to you in 24 frames a second lucas the writer 24 fps yeah that's cinematic as fuck where's 24 rank in the football jersey number hierarchy it's not bad right respectable 
Top half at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely top. I mean, the problem is, is that it's just going to be a ton of disrespect to linemen, like which is <laughs> it sucks because they're far and away the most underappreciated Absolutely. people. And I'd argue any sport, like a sport as glamorous as American football, to have mm-hmm. half the team on the offensive side of the ball be just forgotten and never ever acknowledged is pretty weird when and, you think about it. And it's like it's such a technical position i mean like they all are like the idea of calling one you know a set of positions skill position players is just it's just not cool like that's not a nice thing problematic Uh, also or it can be yeah offensive linemen and defensive linemen like pass rushers they they have to like perfect their techniques it's not just about being big and strong and holding your ground like your goku trying to hold (laughs) off the laser beam it's it's doing fucking karate and shit, but you weigh 350 pounds. Right. Um, by the way, the mass shooting in Modern Warfare 2 at the airport oh uh, t- did take place in 2016, and Modern Warfare 2 came out in 2009. So yeah, they were oh they were pretty decently in the future. I'm curious if they ever accidentally went too far and then rolled it back in one of the later games i i looked it up cod 4 modern warfare takes place in 2011 there you go 10 years ago 2007 yeah 2007 and i'm guessing that the uh the new modern warfare games are doing the same sort of thing like i haven't played them but i guess i'm guessing that they're like this takes place in 2022 That was a good ghost voice, right? Is that what you're going for? <laughs> it wasn't. Andrew, I was going for price, but you, I mean, should, no, it was ghost because I'm relevant. You should, <laughs> yeah, you should audition. He's canceled. Get your voice acting career off the ground. Ghost got canceled. Is that wait? Is that something we're going to talk about that I didn't read? Uh, no, I actually didn't. Okay. I didn't think to put that on there. But uh, sure, news of the week. Uh, article on Kotaku right now. That's where I saw it. Wait, at least you never introduced yourself. Yeah, I did. He said he's in 24 FPS. Oh, yeah. Shit. We're good. People know who I am. They know. They know what's up. Uh, Yeah, the voice actor for Ghost got canceled for making some uh, sexist comments towards a Twitch streamer, I believe. He's been... He he, he had been uh, doing a bunch of crossovers with a lot of different... Or, like, collabs with a lot of different Call of Duty YouTubers. Yeah, he was working. And he was always it. a little cringy to me. Oh, mm, okay. Throwing that out there. Like, he, he definitely was not as talented at the content creation thing as they were. Yeah. And he wasn't that good at the game, obviously, because <laughs> he's a voice actor by trade, not a video gamer. Right. Uh, so, like, it was more... The ones that I watched the most, I think, were him and Stone Mountain mm-hmm. 64, who's best known for doing his, like... Uh, commanding officer stuff where he basically just RPs as a super serious like military officer trying to like keep everyone alive and stuff like that um, and then it would be also ghost with him and then two randoms who were just like what the fuck <laughs> like we're in a lobby with this guy who's super serious and literal ghost and they were kind of entertaining but yeah it, they were a little cringe and uh-huh. I wonder if that was part of it is that I was a little off put by all that what do you say, Lucas? Uh, and say it in his voice. I I don't play that much Call of Duty. I don't think I know what Ghost sounds like. Oh, All read right. it. Okay, let me All see. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, so uh, he was uh, 
going to do an appearance on stream with a female streamer and she didn't appear it was the zombie unicorn she was she was going to be on the stream with him and she didn't show up and then uh and then he said something along the lines of like it's fine that she didn't show up she she'd actually have to be amusing she couldn't just rely on her horrendous cleavage He was a little pissed off, I can tell. <laughs> that is, uh... It's interesting. Enemy dropping into the AO! <laughs> I can do all the the Warzone clips, probably. Mm. That's fun. Yeah. Nope, oh, I found the article, yep. That was from a couple days ago, actually. Wow, I just saw that this morning. Weird. Mm. Uh-huh. Cancel culture. It comes for Ghost and that horse. Yeah. He'd ha- he'd have to be amusing. He'd actually have to do something other than just be the voice of a character in the video yeah. game. Wait, do we want to talk about the Kentucky uh, Kentucky the Derby horse. stuff here instead? Okay, fucking let's go. Um, that fucking horse was sneaking roids, man. Yeah. The trainer had no idea. <laughs> the horse walked into fucking uh, GMC or GM. Is it GMC? G- GNC. GNC, that's right. Yeah, I was thinking of the car company. Yeah. GNC. And, and it said, give me a Cadillac. Give me all that illegal stuff, man. Like, I got a race to win, baby. I, yeah. And, uh, uh, the, the, story, the only reason they, that they said that he uh, took the steroids is because of liberals. <laughs> Uh, new story for those out of the loop. Um, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby, its name escapes me right now. It's something dumb, like they all are. Uh, following a horse steroid test, which is okay. Just <laughs> learned that was a thing. Um, and apparently necessary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, came back positive. And that's not the first time a horse from this owner has tested positive for steroids. Uh, the it's owner like is claiming... Fifth. Yep, the owner is claiming that this is cancel culture at work, uh, and also that the horse isn't on steroids. It just ate some hay that a horse on steroids peed on, and is also trying to delay the next next testing to to reclaim the title. Fuck. Yeah, someone commented that cancel culture is a better name for a horse like yeah (laughs) cancel culture coming down the inside line or whatever the fuck yeah but yeah then the owner was just super shitty about it and Mm -hmm. it was fucking hilarious and i saw some takes that were like no this guy's right this is like the perfect representation of quote-unquote cancel culture like the horse you you fucked up did something really bad and got caught and are now claiming that it's because like people are trying to ruin you like that that is exactly cancel culture in a like nutshell mm-hmm. like you, you did, did something, something bad wrong. people now don't consequences like it. yeah and you're upset about those consequences that is what people like that is what quote-unquote cancel culture actually is he is right this is the perfect example like there are some where there's gray area and it's like oh you know people had an axe to grind against this person in addition to them doing bad things so it is like a little like oh i don't know gray this is the actual <laughs> dictionary definition of quote-unquote cancel culture new that, new age cancel up. culture the, the new definition of cancel culture because cancel culture culture used to just be you have different takes on music than I, 
me and my buddies are going to go harass you on social media until you say you're sorry. And that that was, you know, cancel culture. The hashtag blank is over party, which isn't even a thing that happens anymore. Because I think even those people were like, yeah, now the conservatives took this whole cancel culture <laughs> thing and made it something else. So it's not even fun anymore. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just, it's not a thing. It's not real. It is just what happens when you do something that is bad and people don't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one in Burbank that I don't know if it's gone super national yet, but it's like all the rage in Burbank of this fucking absolute crock of shit bar owner who owns Tin Horn Flats, uh, which was a semi popular like bar in Burbank. And um, like at the height of the pandemic in like December, when we had shut down like outdoor dining as yeah. well as indoor dining and everything he was just like fuck it and apparent my my business is gonna go out of business anyway so come on in like we'll do indoor dining no masks fuck it like we'll just we're gonna treat it like there's not a pandemic going on this was literally when like Mm -hmm. los angeles was the Mm -hmm. epicenter of covid like california was the epicenter of covid in the world and los angeles was the epicenter of california so it was like literally we were the worst out, and he was like, "Ah, fuck it, all right." And then the city since has been like, "Well, we're revoking all your licenses and shit because <laughs> you broke the law and endangered everyone." And they, it's been insanely escalating. Like they like locked the doors and they like cut the padlocks <laughs> so that they could get back inside and keep serving. Now they've put up like chain link fences around the restaurant, <laughs> and then uh, now they've created like a food truck that they sit outside with oh, like God. that's the tin horn flats food truck and shit like and that's the whole thing this guy's loaded this guy's yep. really rich like he's not <laughs> he wasn't a struggling local business owner he had he, he has fuck you money like he owns a million properties across la like it wasn't you know a family-run joint that was like about to go under like he, he's a multi multi multi-millionaire mm-hmm. uh so that's why you can literally have all this fucking money. And yeah, it just became like a rallying cry for like Trump supporters. And like, it's, it's a shithole. And every time you drive by there, it's like a massive throng of people <laughs> demanding that the restaurant be open. And they're like, well, everything else is open. And it's like, everything else didn't break the fucking law. Yeah. Like everything else was like, I hate this. And yeah, there were plenty of restaurants that went to local city council meetings saying like, we need to bring back outdoor dining like as soon as possible and everything. Like we understand indoor dining is dangerous, but like uh, we think outdoor dining is very important. And like those things were taken into consideration. And then outdoor dining was one of the first things that was brought back when we finally got cases under control. And like, even though they hated it, they were a sane human being that was like, you know what? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we do need a license to operate. And this guy just maybe committed manslaughter six months ago. What are we gonna? <laughs> are we gonna like hold this over his head forever? Come on! I, I yeah. fuck's the, wrong with people. This reminds me of uh, over the weekend. Apparently, my brother-in-law and his brother came across a. Uh, a truck that had flipped in the middle of the night into a cornfield and the two guys inside were fine but pissed drunk yeah and oh, jesus we're like trying to get the truck out of the ditch but couldn't because they were like up to their knees in mud mm-hmm. and then like they showed up and his brother was is a paramedic so he was trying to like help them 
And then they're like, no, just take us home. We, we don't want the cops to come. Like, well, no, I'm, I am calling the cops on you right now. And then he, he tried to fight them. Yeah. <laughs> and his, his response was, the, the drunk guy in the truck, you're not making America great again oh, by calling boy. the cops on me. What? And it's just, <laughs> that's what it is. If you, if you don't do something that they like, you are one contributing to America not being great like them because they're making America great. They're great. Yeah, they're, they're, they are hit them and Donald Trump. They got it all figured all out, baby. Two, two peas of the same pod making America great. Um, and it's cancel culture. Calling mm-hmm. the cops on two drunk guys that almost killed themselves is cancel culture. Yeah. But then yeah, also no, they almost assuredly have a Blue Lives Matter then blue line flag somewhere, somewhere on their. Well, and they'll get property. in that fight when the yeah. cops show up, and they'll be like, "Oh, we supported you. What are you doing arresting us?" And it's like, "Bro, <laughs> you don't support cops just by say- you hate black people. This is more proof that you you just hate black people. Yeah. Like you don't actually support cops. If a cop came to take your guns, you would kill them. Like you don't support police. You just mm-hmm. don't like black people. This is like." Case in point, when they get arrested and they're like, dude, I'm Blue Lives Matter. What's wrong with you? Like, because they don't expect them to actually, like, follow the rules. Yeah, no, the, the whole law the and law. order chant is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. They do not care about the law nor order. It's just, we don't want these black people being loud. Yeah. It reminds me of um, one of the arguments raised during Trump's first impeachment hearing was, well, if President Trump did this thing, it was just because he was trying to benefit the country <laughs> by getting elected. Like, it was literally like, look, he thinks that it's in the country's best interest for him to get elected so he can cheat because it's in America's best interest for him to cheat. Like, when you, when you get that far gone on yeah. the logic, like... Yeah, I don't know what to do there. Like when it's literally like I can break the law because I'm a good person, so I shouldn't be arrested yep. even though me doing this is making me not a good person. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's there's definitely a a breakdown in Hey, logic look, at some officer, point there. I was going to make better use of that money than they were. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. But literally, yes, that is an argument that you can make if you're using that logic, which is insane. But you can absolutely say that. I was going to, when I robbed that bank, Mm -hmm. I was going to donate it to the political campaign that I think is going to be best for the country. So you shouldn't arrest me because I was just operating in America's best interest. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's insane. But absolutely, that's the jumping off point that some of them have arrived at, which is... Fucking wild, man. Basically Robin Hood. Yeah, I'm, I'm Robin Hood. <laughs> Not the app. You no like affiliation. Hood, right? Yeah, you're, you're cops. <laughs> you're cops. You love people, like, operating outside of the realm of, like, justice and the, the way the world is Wait, the status ho- quo. hold on. I'm hearing that Robin Hood stole from the rich to give it to the poor. Oh, that sounds like socialism. Yeah. I, I, I met the Punisher. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like the Punisher. You guys are cool with that, right? <laughs> no, they, they definitely are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Punisher stickers lately. And oh, like, fuck. I, I can't tell. Like, 
I'm sure there's just comic book fans mm, no. left over. But at this point, it's like so associated with that that it's kind of like, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, not. those people aren't comic book fans. They Well, it depends. Well, like mm-hmm. if I see just a Punisher sticker, I'm, I'm willing to be like, maybe. But plenty of times there'll be like a U.S. Marine Corps sticker or something alongside it. And it's like, yeah, I think I... Mm. I think I know what's going on here. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen them on cop cars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah no, or I, yeah, like just a badge of mm-hmm. like I work for Burbank Police Department. My my favorite one is it's the Punisher skull with the thin blue line down right. one oh. side of it, and I I saw a cop with like a uh, like a patch stuck to his arm with that on it once. I'm like I'm gonna leave the room. I'm Disney. going to be oh, far away from you, dog. Yeah. Disney. You should have called Disney on them. They could have sued. They could have done something about that. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, Randy Pitchford may have announced Borderlands 4 via a couple of tweets. That sounds fucking lit. Yeah. Do you think it was an accident? I... So, can the embodiment of chaos commit an accident if they're not capable of doing something intentionally? You're saying that this man is so... Everything that he does is an accident, so therefore, is it an accident? Possibly. <laughs> this is a devolving into a thought experiment. Right? Like a full philosophical mm-hmm. debate than... An actual question. Did he leak it or not? <laughs> you look at the content of these tweets and it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he definitely said yes, but in a no sort of way. <laughs> I mean, if anyone out there has skills to pay bills and wants to get in on some Borderlands action, we're working on the big one. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Who wants to work on the new Borderlands game? I mean, like, yeah, wild. All right, cool. Um, moving on to film, the Demon Slayer movie. <laughs> fucked it up. The Demon Slayer movie is making a ridiculous amount of money. How much is ridiculous? I think the top-grossing movie of 2020, or kind of 2021, also. I think I read, like, third highest grossing anime movie of all time now. Uh, Demon Slayer earned 6412000 In the past weekend. weekend. Yeah. Oh, okay, in yeah. the weekend. And, like, in its mm-hmm. entire run? It says in the U.S. it's made $34 million. Oh. Um, and then globally, oh, boy, uh, $456 million. Not bad. No. In a, pan, in a in a in a in a panorama. Yeah, panorama. Yeah, I'm mm. trying to think of all the. <laughs> those memes have kind of died. In a so Panda Express. Yeah, no, this, yeah those memes didn't last very long. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah, behind Pokemon 2000, the movie, and Pokemon, the first movie. Yeah. In that's the US. a. That's a. That's some company to be with. <laughs> and Monster. just ahead of 
Dragon Ball Super Broly. <laughs> Yo, Andrew, they're making another one. They're doing Yo. another movie. I can't wait to have a couple more of these and watch that shit. Yeah. Dude, Dragon Ball Super Broly. What more could you ask for? What's that? Is it, it going to be like Dragon Ball Super Broly 2 Return of Jafar or some shit? <laughs> yeah, Electric Boogaloo is kind of dead, huh? Right. <laughs> you know what? I'm uh, okay with was that. Was it Simba's Pride? Mm. One of those other shitty direct to dvd sequel yeah because there, there was because you know there was a lion king one and a half there was a lion king two mm-hmm. and yeah i think it was called like simba's pride or some I shit it was simba's pride i kind of like return of jafar more for the memes <laughs> what are some other ones they had uh fuck open season two did you guys watch open season well that might have been dreamworks that was probably dreamworks huh i don't know you guys watch open season no. Um, no. Let me get a poster. That might spark something. Watch that shit a lot. Had Ashton Kutchner as a beta male deer. <laughs> and then uh, Martin Lawrence as a big old bear. <laughs> okay. I, mm, I've i seen parts of this movie, but I think when I was a kid, I saw this, thought it was over the hedge, thought that I had already watched it, and then turned to something oh, yeah. else. It wishes it was over the hedge. <laughs> over the hedge is vastly superior to open season. But yeah, no, Ashton Kutchner plays a beta male deer who becomes best friends with a, a domesticated bear that is released to the wild. Uh, and then they go on all sorts of adventures. Ooh. And then they save the forest. From a hunter and a bunch of hunters. Hmm. It's an interesting movie. Okay. Did you guys see that? I think it, it's either Idaho or Iowa just passed a bill that said they're going to eradicate 90% of Idaho. wolves. Idaho. Oh. Yeah, I saw you retweeted it. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? It's 2021, guys. We just yeah, got over this shit. We just got over this shit. In other news, we also want to eliminate 99% of passenger pigeons and 98% of the wild buffalo. <laughs> Just like. We want to recreate that image where there's a mountain of buffalo skulls. Like, that'd be cool, right, guys? <laughs> I'm, I'm getting word that we found a few dodo birds somehow yeah. <laughs> clinging to existence, and I'm traveling to those islands with a gun myself yeah. to end it. <laughs> Yeah, fam. No, that that was that was pretty wild, and I liked the statistics included of like mm-hmm. the wolves confirmed to kill one hundred and forty three cows out of like five million. Like, <laughs> yeah, said so it was point zero 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 four percent of the cattle population, and they're gonna kill ninety percent of the wolves. And all the cows that were killed by wolves were like the the farmers were. Uh, compensated what's it called yeah compensated by yeah. the state government like uh-huh. cows are insured yeah so yeah if you have a cow that gets killed by a wolf it's like the uh it's not the dnr but it's like the you know wildlife something organization they pay for it they're like i'm gonna pay now for i'm your... picturing <laughs> what i'm picturing cow insurance scams <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 
you're like leaving them out in the open and like putting like wolf bait around them and shit like you're trying to... <laughs> holy fuck <laughs> diabolical like you couldn't <laughs> it's the perfect crime you can literally <laughs> just bait a bunch of wolves to kill all your cows so you can make money so I see last week you bought a bunch of really old cows for cheap, <laughs> sick old cows, and then you knocked down all your fencing and covered them in chum, <laughs> like you were hunting for sharks. You, you kept them indivi- in individual pens and like tied them to a stake in the middle of the pen, like so that they couldn't group like together. It's fucking like fucking Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Farmer John, I'm uh, the agent assigned to your case. I came over to review these documents when I couldn't help but notice that large blood stain on the front of your truck. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about that a little bit? <clears throat> hey, can you, hey, Farmer John, can you tell me, uh, you know, I'm not an expert on wolves. They just sent me here because I'm the insurance guy. Uh, do bite marks look like shotgun blasts? <laughs> I'm just, hey, I'm just a rookie out here. Maybe you can yeah. explain that. Bro, Farmer John, like, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not very experienced in this. And, I, you know, I'm just a down country boy. Like, I don't really know. But, like, you got a lot of, like, fake teeth and fake claw. Like, are you into cosplay? Like, are you, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice the the wolf suit in your closet. <laughs> and the very sharp, like fake wolf claws <laughs> to go with it i just i'm not sure like did you have did you go to comic-con or something ordinarily i wouldn't judge you for your lifestyle but i can also see there's a swastika armband on that suit uh i'm gonna have to bring you in for this one yeah you get nothing good day sir um all right i think that will just about take us into the meme corner. The memes. Andrew, th- this is this is your bread and butter. You are closer to this one than either Ryan or Think, I. Think, Mark. <laughs> Think. So, Ryan, I have no idea what this is. Oh, so, man. I, fuck. Uh, I'm sure that you didn't listen to the podcast uh, last week when you were out, and that's that's fine. Um, but what I was telling Lucas was. I haven't seen the show Invincible on Amazon Prime, the the cartoon based on the Robert Kirkman comic with, like, Stephen Yoon and uh, J.K. Simmons and Sandra Oh and, you know, just a pretty, like, well-acclaimed voice acting crew. But I have absorbed most of the show because YouTube thinks that I watch it. <laughs> and so I kept getting recommended clips from this show and as I watched more of them, then it then it knew that I liked this show. And it kept giving me more. So I've seen most of the show through, like, one-minute YouTube clips. As intended. As God designed. Um, and the show is basically a cartoon about Steven Yoon. And his, his dad is basically Superman. He's an alien guy that came to Earth and has superpowers. And so he... Also, when he's a teenager, gets his superpowers and, oh, he's got to learn how to use his powers, yada, yada, yada. Like, hope he learns how to control them. Except his dad is also just a cold-blooded conqueror murderer in disguise. (laughs) And the show is brutally violent and gory, even though for the first, like, 25 minutes 
of the first episode, it's presented as like a kid's cartoon about a young boy developing superpowers. And then, spoiler alert, first episode ends with Omni-Man, his dad, murdering the Justice League. (laughs) And like crushing their skulls and brains flying everywhere and just horrific shit. And the end of the show, he reveals to his son that that happened and why and yada yada yada. And he's just pummeling the shit out of his son. Just beating his skull into the dirt, trying to get him to join him. He's like, join me. He's like, no, you're going to have to kill me. And he's like, fine, I'll just make another kid. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) And just beating, beating the shit out of him until he like kind of you know, thinks back to his time with his son. He's like, maybe I don't want to do this. And then he's standing over him. He's like, you're going to live for thousands of years. Everything's going to be gone. Think, Mark. (laughs) Think. (laughs) And he does this pose over just a battered, what what should be a corpse, just like with a (laughs) caved-in face covered in blood. He's like, think, Mark. You got to be smarter than this. So then people have taken that screenshot and basically created their own art over top of it like my favorite one is buff jimmy neutron standing over a beaten to shit sheen (laughs) he's like think sheen think oh god there's a there's a bunch of these um isn't that also jimmy neutron's before he gets his brain blast (laughs) i'm surprised they didn't incorporate the thing thing See? I um, this doesn't relate so much to the meme as it does the show. Andrew, it's called Invincible because the kid's superhero name is Invincible, right? Yeah, yeah. He chooses his name to be Invincible, and he's very Invincible. Which is like that's not a term, right? That or is it? <laughs> I, I don't it should be. Thing? I assume because I mean, putting I N before a word is like a a negation. I assume that vincible is a word. Oh, vincible, able to be overcome or conquered. Um, I was going to say that him naming himself that, while not being invincible, is big like, I want to bully this kid talking shit on the playground energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Because his name is invincible. Again, I've seen most of this show through short clips. (laughs) I've seen. I saw him win one fight and lose five. <laughs> it's, well, did he get fucking? No. Was he vinced? Yeah. In he any was, of them? He was vinced. <laughs> this fucker was. Oh, yeah. He like he did the the Goku thing of like, oh, I am I am literally dying. I, I guess it's gonna take me like ooh like ten days to come back from this one. <laughs> that sounds. He sounds invincible. I don't know. If he can okay. come back at all, no, he can, I don't know if he's he, Vince. He can recover because he's an alien and, you know, alien rules and shit. <laughs> but, like, he definitely, he can die. <laughs> we, if he hasn't died yet, then we don't have confirmation of that. Or is that a spoiler? No, um, I, he's not He's not dead. At least that, as far as I know at the end of the show. My, my familiarity with the series is that this race of aliens is capable of dying. And that they got so strong through, like, combative genetic selection, where they just fight fight each other to the death, and then the strongest people breed, and then make those 
kids fight to the death and the strongest ones of them get to like keep going how does that expand lifespan that makes no sense Uh, aliens well no they're they're just aliens yeah earth's atmosphere different biology fucking comic book rules i mean well so then but then what does that have to do with the fucking eugenics i don't understand so in the story are they aliens or is it eugenics no no no, they they are aliens they look like people it's like you know super i'm saying are they is it because of their alien yeah is it like superman where like this sun makes me strong or is it because (laughs) of the eugenics like which i think i think it's both i think like the entire race was compared to humans like they they can fly like that's a thing they can fly they can go through fly because the eugenics or because of the sun i don't know i i think (laughs) i I want to know i think that's just like the race could do that but over years then they were better i don't know so but the aging you think is more due to the sun and not due to the eugenics no, like that's just their, like I think all of them, like there might not be of years. the atmosphere might not be a factor here like Superman is. No, it's okay, it's but not. just like being aliens living on Earth yeah. is causing them to live longer, or no, 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 like them all... having fought each other for thousands of years is causing. No, them to live I think longer. just because they're a different species, they live longer, and then the reason that they're mm. super strong and shit is because only the strong survived type type thing. And eugenics. I mean, yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. I was just like, because yeah. it's the whole misconception of like, oh, the strong and the fit ones are the ones that uh, go on to have the most kids, which is always the best. And it's just like, not always. Mm-hmm. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can be really strong and be really deficient in a lot of other areas. Like your heart could just collapse at the age of thirty. But like, as long as you have a lot of kids before then, like your genes get. Or you could on. be really strong, which makes you reckless, which leads to you dying at seventeen, like, and not having kids. Mm. And the and the ones that were left were the, well, just, the weak little betas that stayed at home and survived. <laughs> I'm saying more in this realm where it sounds like it was specific eugenics, and they were like only the people that win these fights get to breed. Yeah, right. I think I think that's like, what it was. Then, but that would be a flawed system in creating the perfect being because, yeah, there would be a lot of potential deficiencies that could arise from being that selective around something that's not necessarily the number one desirable trait. Like, so I don't know if it's a thing. I, I did some deep dives on this. Not not deep uh-huh. dives. I went on the, the Wikipedia or the, the yeah. wiki. Um, hey. Deep. Um, and so... I don't know if it's in the show, but at least in the comics, it's a thing that, like, yeah, they do the, you know, over thousands of years, they would just have everyone kill each other, and then the, the ones that would survive would breed, and then they'd just keep going. Uh-huh. Um, and then one day, <laughs> there's just a virus, and almost all of them die because, <laughs> because of the eugenics and the yeah. selective breeding. And it's like, oh, there's hardly any of us left. Right. So They've, at- turned, they've turned themselves into bananas yeah yeah exactly you, you guys know that shit about yeah. bananas yeah, that, right? it, that like we're we're on a razor's edge of just if, if losing there, all bananas if, there, if a, a bacteria or a virus comes out that attacks bananas quicker than we can <laughs> They're stop all it yeah just the entire world supply of bananas gone bananas are all the same <laughs> banana like we're when you eat a bunch of bananas and then a week later, eat a bunch of bananas. You're eating the you're same You're just eating banana. the same exact <laughs> banana. You're eating that banana's identical twin. Like, it's it's real bad. Like, we are in serious trouble with bananas. 
So, yeah, that's that's what they are doing in effect is like reduce our, our cheetahs are similar too. Like there's no genetic diversity in cheetahs, so it wouldn't take much to just destroy cheetahs forever. I did did we do that to cheetahs or did cheetahs do that no. to themselves? Oh boy. Cheetahs there used to be a bunch of subspecies of cheetah mm-hmm. and then sometime like around the ice age almost all of them went extinct and the and a very small population survived oh. and reproduced and that's why I mean like also because it's an animal so we can't tell them apart but even like researchers sometimes have trouble telling cheetahs apart because they're very yeah genetically similar to each other like all of them and there's no subspecies or anything it's it, they're kind of like humans in that way where we're like but but we have a lot more genetic diversity because we uh, we emerged a lot earlier than than what we now call cheetahs did so I, yeah. I think cheetahs are also one of the uh, mammals with a weirdly high rate of cannibalism, so that probably is not doing them any favors either. Yeah, no, because they probably got fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like they they survived because they were the ones that were lucky, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were the fittest. Like the whole concept of survival of the fittest is completely a misnomer. Like, yeah, if there's like a nuclear apocalypse, the people that will survive might just be the <laughs> fucking weirdos that live yeah. underground. They are not the genetic superior race, but they right. will be the ones that last the longest. We're just the ones with a weird mutation that allows uh-huh. them to resist radiation. Like, that has never been a thing before because we've never had a giant apocalyptic nuclear wasteland. Like, so, mm. yeah. No, we, we, we never know, man. Yeah. We're basically there already, but this has taken us into the breakouts. Ryan, what are you checking out? I caved and started watching Last Chance U basketball. I'm not quite finished. Uh-oh. I kind of wanted to be for this reason because of the breakouts, but didn't quite get there. Um, why? Uh, why? Why do you say you caved? Like, what was the hesitation? So, before? I loved Last Chance U football. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of my fa- and it wasn't called Last Chance U football. It's just called Last Chance U. One of my favorite shows. Every single year, I would watch it and then also check in on like all the players that had come and gone in the past. Basically, it's a show about community college athletes. Um, it used to be football players, now it's basketball players. Um, in, and they go to the high-powered community colleges that commonly get all, they call them D1 bounce backs. So really highly recruited players that got into D1 and then maybe like had some like academic troubles or like run-ins with the law or they got expelled for whatever reason. And then they call them bounce backs. They like end up in community college, and like if they can prove themselves, mm-hmm. then they can get back into D one, and then hopefully go pro and stuff like that. Like there's been a million examples throughout the NFL and NBA and everything like that. Or or they'll just have like really high caliber high school players that had bad grades in high school, so they couldn't get into D one. And so like it's fun. To, they call it last chance you because it's like this is it. Like if you yep. fuck this up, you're you you're not going to become a professional athlete. If you succeed, like, the sky is literally the limit. Like, you could go on to be, you know, an uber-famous, wealthy athlete and everything like that. So, um, it's just a fascinating concept. And I prefer football to basketball as a general concept. And I just think there's a lot more, like, brotherhood and camaraderie in a sport like football in comparison with basketball. Mm -hmm. In which, 
one person can just take over and yeah <laughs> run the game I, like it is physically impossible for a single player to literally like decide a game in football quarterbacks the closest thing that they have to it but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day they only can influence so much in basketball literally one player could just 100 percent decide a game I, there, like it's not that hard so. there are also so many uh similar positions in football compared to basketball where on a basketball team at this level you're kind of playing with your competition right yeah, yeah no it, it arises for a lot of egos and everything like that and it's rare to see true like teamwork and camaraderie uh in that level i would say of basketball but it's very enjoyable and the one i think the reason that they did it is because it's easier to pick out the winners like they, oh. the thing about last chance you football is they never once even really got that close to picking the team that ended up winning you know whatever title that they're chasing be it a state title or a like a because ju- juco like football is, and basketball is like fragmented mm-hmm. like there's no national championship really for juco in the way that there is for like fbs and everything so the highest level of competition they were never quite able to get that um the first two seasons they chose eastern mississippi community college which had just won the title um so then they were like well no brainer right and I think partially because of the camera crews, <laughs> they never got over the hump while they were uh, at EMCC. Oh. Uh, and also the coach outed himself as a huge, like, asshole, and everyone hated that coach. And he was pretty fucking, like, bad. like he, and, and had some, like, serious, like, problematic shit going on, like, with race and everything, too, which is mm. not great for a southern <laughs> juco football coach who, as you can imagine... The majority of his players are going to be black. like Yeah. So, yeah, not great. Then they went to Independence Community College, uh, who was like the new kids on the block that were supposed to be all this hot shit. And that coach was somehow even worse. <laughs> like That coach literally got worse. Uh, and it was, yeah, really bad there. And they didn't win anything because he was an awful coach. Uh, and then that ended with... Someone wrote an article about that coach based on the, like they're seeing in the show, and he impersonated a lawyer to try to like get them to take down the article by like threatening lawsuits and stuff, pretending to be a high-powered lawyer at a high-powered law firm, and yeah, got fired and everything for that because like, he was just an absolute moron. Dude, it's uh, like 300 bucks for a couple hours of a lawyer's yeah. time to submit that on your behalf. What are you... Fuck. He's but he's got too much. He's uh, he spent too much money on his caddies, oh. dude. I got I got two caddies. I got a beach house in California. I don't need y'all slap dicks. <laughs> that's what that's what he would say. But with like a very urban patois, which he grew up in South Central LA, so it's a little bit mm. excusable. But like, just this big white dude talking very black about his caddies and his beach house, and then yeah, eventually. No, it's a bad luck. Fired for being a moron. Uh, and then the final season, they went to California, which I didn't like as much because uh, in California, which the new season of Last Chance U Basketball is also in California, so I still have that problem with it, that issue. California JUCO is a closed system, so you only win state titles mm-hmm. in California. Um, but also, they don't. There's no scholarships or any assistance oh. for JUCO athletes in California. Like, you don't get housing assistance. You don't get meal plans. You get nothing. Like, you're just expected to be a student and also be 
an like a full time athlete, and it's insane. Like the the drop off from like EMCC to Independence, which was much worse run than EMC. Like EMCC was a factory. I forgot to mention when they went to Independence, like after leaving EMCC. EMCC won like the the giant title and everything like that the very next year after they leave. So that's another reason why I think that the camera crews were fucking it up for them. Yeah. But that was like a well-run organization. The coach was an asshole and problematic and everything like that. But like at the end of the day, they had their shit together and were pretty well funded. Mm-hmm. Like the JUCO in California was fucking depressing. Like it was like all the kids were living in like absolute like slums eating shit like eating real bad fast food and stuff is the only thing they can afford working second jobs and everything while trying to be like a bona fide athlete who could who has the talent to go d1 fbs and literally be like full ride scholarship like this is your job you have a meal plan a nutritionist a trainer an academic advisor all the tutoring you could like all the equipment to succeed and meanwhile they're expected to do so much more and it's fucking insane Mm -hmm. um so yeah i guess that's my why my spiel for why i don't like it quite as much but i do like it a lot it's still got that grit and grind and i do think that i'm not done with it and the problem with it is it's uh taking place in like january through march of 2020 (laughs) so i don't know how it's gonna end yeah they just hit the playoffs and they're in late february and i'm like did they squeeze in the playoffs before (laughs) they had to shut down like i that's the cliffhanger for me it isn't whether or not they're gonna win it because they do seem really good and i think that they could win it it's (laughs) did they make it before everything got shut down because yeah it's pretty interesting so yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely a lot of uh, intrigue there for sure. Um, that's no, fun. Definitely update us on that when you finish. Andrew, are you checking out anything besides piecemeal Invincible? Um, well, Jade and I were going to finish Cyberpunk finally tonight, and we just <gasps> again did a couple more side quests oh. and and didn't finish it. Um, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna try to do it this week because. I bought Resident Evil 8, and we're going to play it together, but we don't want to play it until we fucking finish Cyberpunk. Um, I am reading Robopocalypse, though. I know we talked hey. about that earlier in the podcast. Uh, yeah. I went to a bookstore, tried to find some mystery and detective books to just read some of that shit, because I used to really enjoy reading that. Um, couldn't find anything, because there's thousands of books, and I had no idea what I was looking for. But they did have one copy of Robopocalypse, <laughs> so so I bought it, and uh, I'm about a hundred pages in, and it's uh, it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's different than World War Z, I think. I, I I am enjoying it, but I think what World War Z and Matt, Max Brooks really nailed was, you know, that book is told through the lens of someone interviewing different yeah, groups it's of journalism. people. Yeah, yeah, and the the dialogue works like i can Mm. i can tell that it's like a different person each time talking and i think that the you know the way that it was written is like the way that people would talk and i i thought it was really well done and robopocalypse like you know in one scene there's like a soldier who's presenting to like a congressional committee and it, it doesn't sound like it is a soldier talking to a congressional committee it sounds like some dude talking about some crazy shit that he saw. No. Oh. And 
And in another scene, there's like a fast food worker that got attacked by a robot talking to a couple in a hospital and his, and his friend died. And it sounds like a dude talking about some crazy shit that he saw. And then in another scene, there's a, there's a, a, a young girl, like a, like a 12 year old girl talking about how her toys came alive and tried to kill her. And it doesn't sound like a little girl talking about that. It sounds like, like a dude talking about some <laughs> crazy shit that he saw. So, I mean, the, I, it's really hard for me to tell story to story what, like what the difference is in the person's mm-hmm. perspective in their life. But at the end of the day, like, I still enjoy how each one of those is written. Like, if it was one person telling all of these stories, I, it would make a little bit more sense. But I do still like it. I really like the uh, the world that this guy's building. Um, the first scene, you know, it kind of does the whole, like, and then three weeks earlier thing. It's, it's like the end of the, <laughs> it's the end of the robot war. And I this bet. dude finds basically a, a robot external hard drive. That, that recorded everything and then yeah. so he's going through it and then making a book about the whole war um and like the way that they talk about like the thousands of little bomb robots that just crawl out of the ground fucking horrifying mm-hmm. yeah like he's he's moving ieds basically yeah no, this, this this guy he knows you. what he's doing this author is, is pretty good with that kind of shit yeah i i kind of agree with you it does I think, yeah, that was one of my takeaways is that it is, it's leaning into the horror, I think, more than World War Z, which is weird to say yeah. because World War Z is a zombie book. But, like, right. I, yeah, I do think that World War Z was trying to be, like, an impartial journalistic take on what a zombie apocalypse would look like. And, yeah, Robo Apocalypse is, at the end of the day, trying to, I think, yeah, scare you and be like, holy fuck, mm-hmm. like, if AI gains sentience, we're all dead, fam. Like, <laughs> Have have you gotten to uh, any of the Alaska stuff yet? No, that was one not, of my favorite. Yet. Ooh, Alaska's fun, and then uh, the Native American Reserve stuff. That's also a good one. Reservation. Um, there's there's some good stuff there too. But be on the lookout. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. I'll keep you Here. updated. Please do. Uh, and then to update everybody on how my playthrough of Near Replicant is going. Uh, the game briefly turned into a text adventure and then a Resident Evil clone and then uh, an old school point and click adventure game. And I'm having a good time with it. Pretty, pretty sure that, uh, the shadow demons are people somehow or like people's souls or, uh, something fucked up and sad. Can't wait for that shoot to fully drop. Uh... And then also, Emil. Emil is, uh, like, an immortal 14-year-old boy who was transformed into a weird skeleton monster. Uh, if either of you know who the guy who made this game, Yoko Taro, is in all of the interviews he's in, he wears Emil's head as, like, a hat to hide his face. Huh. Huh. He's gay. Just a gay little skeleton boy. Is that like new canon with this version, or is that always? Can't always because this is this is a remake, right? This is this is a game that has that came out a long time ago, and then they remade it, right? Yes, it, it, it's kind of a soft remake where right. it's pretty much the same. There's like one new, one or two new missions, and then a new ending. Also, this is one of those games that like, hey, you beat it once, you get this ending. 
beat again, you get a different one, and then like there's a sixth ending now, I guess. Yeah. So is this new canon though, like the Emil being gay? Uh, when I was playing through Near Automata, I dug into the uh, original game. I, I dug into the wiki for the franchise, and I vaguely remember something about Emil being gay in there as well. Uh, so no, this is just a game that originally came out in 2010 that had a male gay character, which male gay skeleton. Yeah, how progressive! <laughs> it... Even back in 2010, they were making skeletons. That's <laughs> <laughs> cancel culture somehow is this cancel culture (laughs) (laughs) it hurt itself in its confusion just uh, cancel i don't understand it's and the way that it's revealed too is really good because it's like the night before a wedding and they're all like the main characters are all just kind of chilling out after a party and like the the playable character is about to go to bed and then like saying goodnight to people and then Emil's just kind of like oh man I've never been to a wedding before this is so amazing like oh man I I wish I was Freya the woman who is getting married and like get to have a big wedding someday and the main character and his companion who's like a sentient book it's a weird game are like oh buddy yeah, I mean, that'll happen to you someday. I mean, you'll be the king in that situation, but, like, yeah, that'll definitely happen to you. Good night. And then just pans to Emil, or the camera zooms in on Emil, and he's like, oh, shit, did our other friend not tell you guys that? Huh. I thought I was putting that out there, but okay. Mm. And just, it's really good. It's really good and handled super well, and I love it. I had to look up whether or not Yoko Taro was gay mm-hmm. because I was like, oh, he's wearing the right? gay skeleton. That also crossed my mind. This is his way of being subtle. He's got a wife. Yeah. But I also thought if he is gay, that man has an appreciation for women's <laughs> breasts, like rivaling any straight man that I've ever seen because Jesus Christ, his games yep. are the, the crown standard for... Uh, <laughs> fucking obnoxious shit in that department i think but so this game has a character like that as well and i think i know what the narrative justification is kind of but i've yet to Lucas. get there they write it in reverse though Lucas. that's the <laughs> problem you can't justify it after drawing the concept art because that's cheating well i mean like that's that's like being like no the world is five thousand years old because the bible says it is it's like no you arose <laughs> you got to the conclusion then you came up with reasons that it yeah was no you you made giant tits then in order <laughs> to try to avoid being canceled tried to write oh her tits are giant because <laughs> First off, I'm pretty Aliens? sure Yoko. T- <laughs> First off, I'm pretty sure Yoko Taro is an ass man. Second off, both can be true. Yeah, what? <laughs> you can like all yeah. of that. The idea that you have to choose one or the other <laughs> is a myth that has never been uh, confirmed. <laughs> we gotta put it on MythBusters. All right, Jamie, what's our myth today? <laughs> Is it true that you have to be either an ass man or a boob man? <laughs> I don't know about this one, Jamie. I think we're going to have to do some research. <laughs> Adam Savage is kind of annoying. <laughs> is that just he me? can be. They're both annoying. 
Oh. No, he's not. Fucking Jamie's not. Like, Jamie is seems like an asshole and hard to work with, but definitely not annoying in the same way that Adam Savage is. I, I don't know. I don't know. Near Automata, I thought... Uh, characters in that game deal with like the baggage of human sexuality and so it kind of makes sense then for characters to be just hot anime protagonists in that game so i thought it worked i thought it kind of worked there but then i also realized yeah no this is just the male gaze as well and that's still a problem even if it's even if there's a better explanation for it than in Metal Gear Solid 5 where oh yeah she breathes through her skin so she doesn't wear clothes like yeah <laughs> i mean at a certain point it is also like i think what andrew said of just the path of least resistance like yeah. if you have to come up with a really heady like reason then you'll do it if it's the easiest way to escape criticism like <laughs> you're if the if you live in a culture in which that's acceptable, yeah, you'll just be like, oh, lazy excuse. If you live in a culture where it's not as acceptable anymore, you'll come up with a more advanced excuse. Like you'll, men will go to extreme lengths to objectify women. Mm. Like, oh yeah, because I I'm gonna say this. This is gonna sound really problematic. So I'm I'm ready to be canceled. Like that like that horse. My body. <laughs> yeah. Is um. If you wanted to write, I know I know which order they created this character. You know, like you know, step one drawing and step two writing. I know what order they did it in because if they wanted to write a really in-depth female character, they wouldn't draw the same character, scantily clad character model as every other anime and Japanese video game with the giant tits and the bikini and then after the fact try to justify oh, well she breathes through her skin <laughs> she can't wear clothes because then she'd suffocate oh, of I, course she has to have giant tits because of the ghosts I <laughs> okay so I think they're whale bones <laughs> I it, you just say anything that mm. Because that doesn't mean that an in-depth female I mean, character can have big boobs or or not wear a lot of clothes. Like I know that's not true, but that wouldn't be where they started if that's what their goal was. The problem is, is that if it's a guy doing it, no matter what, even if like it's or, being heteronormative, if yeah. it is a straight man doing it, then even if you're not, even if you're quote unquote doing it right and writing the character out very in detail, and then creating character concepts, in that creator's mind's eye, like, we know what's going on, you know? Like, uh, it, in, in in their brain, they've already got an image, like, whether or not... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push this even further, and say that I, it... And granted, I don't know the uh, sexual preferences of this author, but... Some of the worst and most problematic, both politically and sexually, uh, manga I've ever read was uh, created by a woman. So, not just guys doing it. Everybody's doing it. It's a problem. Uh, Yoko Everyone's Taro. Everyone's doing it. It's cool. Don't you want to be cool, too? <laughs> Jump on the bandwagon. Smoke this whole carton of cigarettes. <laughs> Yoko... Yoko Taro, I think, at least makes an effort to justify it, which is better than most. And I don't know, I appreciate his storytelling enough that, like, there's other stuff to enjoy here besides the male gaze, which is untrue of a lot of the stories that do this badly. 
And then just to cap off the Metal Gear Solid comparison, her powers are from her weird breathing through her skin photosynthetic thing. There was a hundred-year-old man in a ghillie suit in Metal Gear Solid 3 who had that same power. And, like, he wasn't naked. What? what? <laughs> I call shenanigans. He should have been. That would have been so fucking cool. Yeah. I would have been... I would have been on the side of that terrible excuse if they also yeah. made a, like, wrinkled old man have to wear, like, a man thong around. Uh, like, that'd be <laughs> fucking awesome. Also, that fight is, like, a sniper fight in the middle of the woods. So just imagine how terrifying that would be if an old, he would, naked he'd man... He would paint himself. Yeah? Like, he'd be so good at painted camouflage. I'd be, like, body paint, but with fucking, like... <laughs> Because here's the thing, like, there's (laughs) what I, I know that there's a lot of time in between those games, like, when they're created, so I assume that there's, like, 10 or 15 years in between Metal Gear Solid 3 with the old man in the ghillie suit with the skin-breathing powers, and Mm -hmm. then Quiet, the girl in a bikini with the Mm skin-breathing powers, who's also a sniper. But in that same... Wait, she's a sniper? Yeah, no, she's also a sniper. In that same game, there is... An old Navajo man in a wheelchair who also breathes through his skin has the same thing she does. He wears clothes. <laughs> he wears clothes in that game. They talk to each other about their skin breathing. <laughs> Wait, the thing. woman? Yeah. And the woman is talking. The woman in a bikini is talking to a man wearing normal clothes. Yes. yes. About how we both have this same Yes. Condition. Yes. And they never address it because they like, you know, like the reason that she never wears any clothes and is always just sunning herself is because she's She's an anti-masker. She's the equivalent of an (laughs) anti-masker. She's like, I just, I can't really breathe with all this cloth on my skin. Like, and everyone else is like, it's very easy. It's not a, it's to keep other people comfortable. We wear clothes. And she's like, I don't know. Like, I just. This isn't what God wanted. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not the natural way. Like, I just, ever since vendors started giving me, like, discounts, I just kind (laughs) of rolled with it. Yep. I don't know. That's that's the only Metal Gear Solid game that I've ever played. And there is a scene with a a woman in a bikini talking to an old Navajo man in a wheelchair. She's not wearing clothes. He is. And they both talk about how they're both plants. But then they also... (laughs) But then they also talk about how, like, man... Sure is fucked up that white governments have eradicated indigenous people's languages. Yeah, huh. no, there's there's uh, there's some pretty progressive shit like in glass that houses, game. but but there's also there's also right. this like China going like I don't know, guys, look at all your Black Lives Matter the game, riot suppressing that you're doing. It's like okay, China, the, like, the I don't game, think you have. I, I believe the game. Throw stones. I, I believe the game takes place before uh, the Communist Party rose to power in China. Not to put all of that on them, but like I think. No, I'm not talking yeah. about the game. I'm saying like. Oh, it's okay. Like, yeah. It's when China during the Black Lives Matter protests going on last summer. They like basically tweeted like, mm, "America, right? You're criticizing us for suppressing uh, Hong Kong and all that stuff, but meanwhile, you're doing it's like, okay, China, we admit it, we're fucked up too, but like, you don't, you can't call us out, like, yeah. Well, but that only countries not doing this shit can call yeah, us but, out. Yeah, but that's what they were saying. They're saying that America can't call us out because now you're doing it too. Mm-hmm. 
that that's what they're saying. And no, I I agree. American people you know, versus I'm not, the American government. Yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm not the American government. I can call both of them out. <laughs> right, exactly. I have them all. I don't think ground. the American government, eh, they might have. Yeah, I take it back. Yeah. <laughs> the American government probably did. And they're probably right to call out the hypocrisy, but at the same time, yeah, China doesn't get to no. do the eyes emoji mm-hmm. like looking like mm. Mm-hmm. what's going on over there it's like well china you are committing genocide like and well suppressing uh non-violent protests is bad i don't know if it quite rises to literal genocide so god was that ever a college humor or a uh oh was that of the channel a warp zone bit world nations at world nations using instagram yeah, that could, that could work. I mean, the yeah. the China, like the one of the Chinese foreign secretaries is just a guy on Twitter that calls out people saying things about China and like just swears at them on Twitter. China number one. Yeah, <laughs> and he just says like "fuck you, asshole, you, you dumb little bitch," call, calling out China. That is yeah. my experience online, and I don't know if that's racist, but yeah, if you get. Like, if you ever talk to people from China who are playing video games, and if anything negative is ever said about China, which there's ways to put it versus, right. like, yeah, no, it it is met with, like, a weird way. Like, I think it, there's, I, I'm sure it's probably the same section of, like, Americans who would be like, America, like, yeah, land of the free or whatever the fuck. But, like, it feels like it'd be more nuanced if someone was mm-hmm. like, fuck America. I feel like Americans are self-hating enough to be like, yeah, <laughs> like a decent right. number of us would be like, you know, <laughs> like I don't necessarily agree with you, but I agree with you enough that I'm not going to really contest it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I I'm not super familiar with this. So I'm not going to get too far in depth, but I also know it is kind of a problem of uh, Western pundits, Western journalists kind of reporting on China in a way that's like, we know we know what's better for this nation than the people actually living there in a way that's creepy and problematic, but it's it's a quagmire, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I would never write an article criticizing China beyond, hey, China, you're committing a lot of human rights violations. Like, let's mm-hmm. <laughs> let's maybe tone those down, shall we? Like, hey, like I'm not saying that freedom of press is important, but like you don't. <laughs> you you could distance yourself from North Korea like you're sustaining right now. You don't need that partnership. China, you're yeah. yeah imagine the concept of China and North Korea being equal partners. Like you, just, <laughs> you just have to look at a map to understand the, the problem in China. Like glomming on to North Korea, it's like why, dude? You don't nobody. The, the the one of the problems about criticizing China though is that. It's it's almost like the uh, I mean we were talking about the uh, the Adam Schefter thing a, a couple of days ago of like well yeah I know like I'm I'm kind of mad about how he handled the situation but now the people that are criticizing Adam Schefter are like the big MAGA heads that are like this is why journalism shouldn't be a thing mm-hmm. um, it's like the a lot of the people that are criticizing China are like 
racists and or conservatives that are like, China is bad because they're Chinese, or China is bad because they're communist. Ch the government of China is not bad because they're Chinese or communist. They're bad because they're a fascist police state. But, no, I was going to say, they're kind of the opposite. Yeah, but, but, if you, but if you criticize them, you risk aligning yourself with the racist assholes that are criticizing them for the wrong reasons. In the same yeah. way that, like, you, you might feel a certain way about how the government of Israel is oppressing the Palestinian people, but then you also risk being the guy saying... Israel is the government of Israel is bad next to the guy that says the government of Israel is bad because I am a Nazi. Yeah. We oh god, we we do not have I at least do not have it in me to get into the new Israel discourse. So I'm just going to say thank you all so much for listening to episode 143 of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast. If you like what you heard, please remember to like, comment, subscribe, etc. Check out our Patreon if you want to help keep the podcast going and join the likes of the terrific Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, and Sensual Richard Nixon. Also have an active blue link in the description down below if you want to help a collection of great progressive causes. Email us your questions and business opportunities, voluntaryviewing at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram and YouTube for highlight clips. And follow me at LucasDrider on Twitter to keep up with all of my writing. We hope you had a great Mother's Day if you celebrated. If not, hope you had a great Sunday yesterday. And good luck with the rest of your week.